0: Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. Happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. And I just counted. And there are only six Tuesdays standing between us and the first day of the NHL oh. season. Ooh.
1: That's, That's close as well.
0: It seems We're, close oh yet God. so far at the same time.
1: Hey, so when is our so when's hard. our year anniversary?
0: September 9th.
1: So that's coming up soon too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, I'm kind of excited about that. We did this for oh, almost right. a whole year. I
2: know. Huh. Yeah.
0: Huh? Can you believe it?
2: If you look back okay. on some. Uh, well, I, I know we Leah already compiled this, but uh, the list of Absolutely guests will. we've had has been. I know.
0: Um,
2: that's a frustrated. show, isn't it, Leah? Like this oh yeah
0: we'll 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 look back yeah, at okay. sorry a year I didn't mean in to review and the vibe yeah no worries the flow. It's, it's fine let's let's get into the topic of today's show of course it's trade talk Tuesday and we're going to talk about someone who is controversial is that the right word to use for coyote at least for coyote's fans people have strong opinions about this individual and we chose to talk about him because he announced his retirement recently yeah.
2: on Wednesday. Yeah. Kyle Turris announced that he was retiring from the NHL and
1: uh, I, well, he, <laughs> no. sorry. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> Come,
2: Come on, buddy. Oh, wow. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's how some coyote fans feel about him as well. Based on, you know, some of his history here. Well, it was a very short history anyway. Let, let's be honest about it. Uh, Kyle Turris did not last in Arizona for very long. And that will be a a big topic of our, uh, a big point of our discussion today. Um, but he's going to go back to BC. He's going to be working with, you know, a local BCHL team. He of course played in the BCHL coming up, which is one of the points I want to talk about today. But anyway, Coyotes legend Kyle Turris has announced his retirement so we'll go all the way back to which year Leah and talk about this trade
0: the year 2011 is when the trade went down Um, but I think we should go back first to 2007 when Kyle Turris was drafted third overall by the Phoenix Coyotes what can you both because I was I don't know we eleven at the time, so maybe we're I 11. wasn't so in tune to the, the Coyote's <laughs> landscape. What
1: in the draft wait. in the, that draft year you were eleven? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh so, I think in high school I thought I felt a little better about it. First, before we go any farther, we did the, almost an entire summer now of trade talk Tuesday without. A, like without a graphic or a little jingle. I know we can't have a graphic because it's always we a had a graphic
0: full. on Twitter.
1: But, but we needed a little the... like a little theme song. Like we have Elevator maybe, Craig.
0: Maybe someone year. can send us one that they next like.
1: Were you thinking you're gonna Tuesday. sing Pete? Yeah, maybe there it is. Trade talk there it is. Tuesday. He
0: certainly next won't dance.
1: Tuesday. He certainly <laughs> oh, will not dance. Next boy. thing I think about shaving my beard. But I don't know if anybody cares, but it's just I look old anyway, sidebar.
0: Back All right, well, 2007. back to 2007. PD, what happened, to, the, what
1: we happened are to that old. draft? What we are old, I know. Just what happened to the draft money. in 2007, Craig?
2: What do you mean, what happened to it? Well, well the Coyotes why did you... didn't win the lottery, I can tell you that. Shocker.
1: <laughs> they didn't. Oh, because if they did win the lottery, who who was oh, who was they the would have had Patrick Kane.
2: Patrick, Kane,
1: Patrick Kane.
2: <sighs> he's, a, he's an okay player,
1: Jesus. Can you imagine the difference of Patrick Kane versus Kyle Turris on this franchise? (laughs) I'm already so
0: upset. I'm so upset.
1: Having said that though, if you look through the rest of that draft in 2007, Patrick Kane clear above and beyond everybody else in the, in the 2007 draft. But then you look at who else rounded out the top 10 that year. James Mm -hmm. Van Riemsdyk was second. I mean, he's a really good NHL player, right? Thomas Hickey. To the LA Kings, Carl Osner, Washington. Sam Gagne, who played almost 1,000 games in the league. Jacob Voracek, drafted by Columbus in the top 10. He's got over 1,000 games and over 200 goals. Zach Hamill, by the Boston Bruins at number eight, played a total of 20 games with no goals. Logan Couture. Right
2: there, buddy.
1: That's the player? Very
2: good player. That's the player that I wrote at the time. At the time that I wrote the Coyotes should draft. Logan
0: Couture. (laughs) Wow. Craig
1: I
2: was, I was right, right onto once, something. once once in my One opinion. time. Right.
0: even a broken clock is right <laughs> you're
1: right a lot Craig I mean we've said that in your meetings with with um commissioner Gary Bettman. you're uh, right on a lot of things but this one was hard and and I tell you what what really swung the draft in in 2007 for the coyotes and what came down to being the Kyle Turris pick at 3 was honestly was Wayne Gretzky and and Wayne Gretzky when when this when the team traveled to Vancouver, they took a trip with the general manager and and Wayne Gretzky and they went to watch Kyle Turris play um, in the BCHL and I, I swear and I mean I'm not saying that Wayne ever said this this never came out of Wayne's mouth but I think Wayne saw a little bit of him in in Kyle Turris he he saw that you know a little slider a little skilled player playmaker. Um, and I think that spark started at the 2007 draft when Wayne saw him play live.
2: I'm so glad you mentioned that story because if this was a period of about four or five years where I stepped away from full-time coverage. Um, I was the East Valley Tribune's deputy sports editor and our second columnist, so I was moving between – a lot of things, but I was obviously still keeping an eye on the Coyotes and the NHL because that's what I care about the most. But I always wondered about the backstory of that. Why? What? What convinced them that a guy, mind you, that was playing again in the BCHL, PD? Right. Yeah. This is not. This is not the OHL. It's not major or Q. Junior? Or, right. So what? When you, when you're comparing against that sort of level of player, how do you how do you get so sure that this is the number three overall pick in the draft? He didn't even. I mean. After they drafted him, he went and played a year at the University of Wisconsin. He was, he was a point per game guy at Wisconsin. But even then, you know, like if you look at the NCAA scoring leaders from that year, he wasn't even like top 40 in the NCAA. What was it that convinced the Coyotes that Kyle Turris should go number three overall?
1: Yeah, that's what's interesting to me is you look at, and he, hey, let's not take anything away from Kyle Turris. This isn't bash Kyle day. I mean, it, it's a kid, a kid that played over 700 games in the National Hockey League. Like, the kid can play. Like, we're not saying he can't. It, but it, when you talk about a number three pick, and we've talked about it with Dylan Strom, now we've got Strom and Turris, both picked at three that don't play for your franchise, that don't turn your franchise around, that don't help you make the playoffs. That's tough. And when you look at his skill level, he's a skilled player, but. We talk about over-baking and Bill Armstrong's theory of over-baking and keeping guys where Ah. they are and continuing their development path and trying to get them to move along. That's not the path Kyle Tarras took. And when he went off to play at the University of Wisconsin, and and keep in mind, at the major junior level, if he would have played major junior, he wouldn't be eligible to play in college, so that path wouldn't have been available to him. So he goes um, through the BCHL and goes to the University of Wisconsin. And to your point, Craig, 36 games, 11 goals. I mean, that's not a kid that's tearing up the NCAA. He's not like, oh my goodness, he's one of the top 10 scorers or he's a, a freshman leader. Um, he, he, and we talk about excelling at the level you're at before you move on to the next level. And I think in his development process, there was such a th- the thought of rushing this player in and he's ready to play. And I think it was from management coaching that, that, that Kyle Torres is ready to become an NHL hockey player. And I think that's why he left college so early. And, and to be fair... That's what Kyle Turris thought too. I mean, Kyle Turris thought he'd be ready and and maybe it was, you know, his camp and the people in his ear telling him that you are something. And if you hear it enough, what you are, that's what you become. So I I think, you know, Kyle never lacked confidence. So I think coming (laughs) to the NHL after one year of the NCAA um, was probably what he thought was right. Hindsight, we talk about hindsight in the draft and and development all the time and, and would not have hurt. Kyle Turris' career to maybe stay back for another season. Really
0: quick before we get into it more, when Kyle Turris was drafted at that third overall spot, what was the general reaction? Like, was this like, oh yeah, he was a top prospect? This makes sense. Were people surprised? Were people happy? Like, what was just the the perception of his pick before we even knew anything about him as a player?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I, I think at the time it wasn't like like the Blake Wheeler pick, like the Blake Wheeler pick at five. Was your people were thumbing through their draft guide like they had not heard of him? That was so far off of of the map. I don't think it was as. I don't think it was a big, big stretch for Kyle Turris. It was just really early. And I think for a guy to come from the BCJHL and and get drafted in in not only the top 10, but at the top three, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. But Kyle Turris had garnered a lot of attention coming into that draft. He had really good numbers. You know, he he had 121 points in 53 games for the Burnaby Express. He was a kid that was lighting up the league that he was playing. And so I think that he was a little more known. And then when you started getting the buzz from the Coyotes and Wayne Gretzky and Gretzky talking about this guy, I think that there was a little more aura around him than there was um, in other drafts. I still think that at three, people were surprised. But like I said all the time, there are very rarely do management coaches from any team anywhere leave a draft going, oh, we screwed up right, right so the this team said we got our guy we got the guy we got a great player that's going to be a high-skilled um centerman for years and years to come we got the guy so i think that's how you can help sell it to your fan bases because you tell them you've got your guy um, and to be honest I, I think that went on for years that you thought he was going to turn the corner and be the guy
2: pd i want to First of all, PDOS has a way of putting things diplomatically, and I'll come in and be the, you know, the the, bull, the bulldozer, the wrecking ball that that probably goes a little rougher on, on the uh, portrayal of the situation. But I want to ask you first of all about development. De- we, development is something we talked about with this franchise a lot. They've rushed a lot of players through the NHL. Um, first off, I want to ask if you think Kyle Turris playing sixty three games in the 08-09 season stunted his development and maybe also impacted his attitude about where he belonged.
1: There's no question. And we talk about development path and expectations and his own interior, internal expectations. When he had heard from the the university of Wisconsin, this management team in Phoenix really wanted to get him um, to the professional ranks. So that was of, Hey, you're ready. You can do this. You can do this. And in 2008, nine, he was on the roster, and not only was he on the roster, he's getting top six minutes. He penalty gets called. He's pulling a grind, jumping over the boards as fast as he could to be on the first power play. Um, and you talked about earned ice time. I I don't know. Like it, it, it came really easy for Kyle Turris. The problem isn't o eight 0809. it's nine ten. Because in 08-09, he played 63 games, get 20 points. He had eight goals in 63 games in his first full year in the National Hockey League. Nothing. That's great. Eight goals. You know, you'd like to eight goals in 63 games. But in 9-10, he didn't play a game in the National Hockey League. Yeah. San Antonio. He was in San Antonio Antonio with the Rampage the entire season. And now here's a player who thinks in his mind that he should be in the NHL. That he's frustrated now. um, Not happy. And this is probably where the reputation of Kyle Turris being a little bit more difficult, whether it was with through his agent or himself personally, that's probably where this started. Because you, your expectations were so high. You were in the league. You were scoring goals. You're on the power play. And the next year, I'm not on the team. Huh?
2: Yeah. And then not only that, something critical changes in the Coyotes structure, the organization structure in those years. In that year that he goes, 2009-10, he plays in San Antonio. Well, the Coyotes now have a new coach in Dave Tippett and Dave Tippett isn't wed to Kyle Turris at all. And when Kyle Turris comes up the next season, 10, 11, he plays 65 games, gets 25 points. Dave Tippett sees a lot of holes in his game. And I know he went back for a short time in San Antonio, but that following season is when the shit really hit the fan. Um, he, he was holding out for a much bigger contract. I know his agent was Kurt Overhart. That was, that was my introduction to Kurt Overhart, by the way. I, I talk to Kurt all the time now, but I wrote a column about the contract demands, and I think my lead was, if you read Kyle Turris's contract demands this morning, you probably spit out your coffee because it was an absurd ask for a guy who had done nothing, literally done nothing, and the Coyotes were looking at it like, excuse me? So you got a guy who's going to hold out You've got a guy who thinks he is something that he is not at this stage of his NHL career. And, Petey, you know better than anybody what Dave Tippett thinks about that sort of attitude from a player.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard. And it all goes back to where did this start? It started the draft. That it started at Wisconsin. It started in San Antonio. But the will the, the, clearly came to a point where this wasn't going to work out. He had 19 goals. In 130 games, this isn't a kid that's tearing up the National League. This isn't a guy that you go, hey, he's going to be our top center for years and years to come. Um, he was still slight. He wasn't a real strong player, so he's not going to play that type of game for you. And if he's not going to put points on the board, what kind of a player is he? And you you earned your ice time with Dave Tippett. It was different. He, like, As you said, he wasn't married to it. And Tippett, to be honest, Tippett needed a win. Like He needed a win right now, so you saw a little bit more of a veteran flavor um, and a defensive style. I guess, and I know Dave Tippett gets rattled with that defensive style coach all the time, but his thought huh. process was, you can't win if you don't defend first. And, and, I, and that I was a personnel
2: he had too, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I think that that became another frustration level for Kyle Turris because Kyle Turris thought he was a pony that wanted to run. And I think it there were just so many differences that something was going to have to happen. And it ultimately was, we just need to get him out of here. And I think that was the sentiment from the Coyotes. We can't afford to pay him what he wants. So he's not going to be happy. We've already seen what an unhappy Kyle Turris does. He doesn't produce here. We can't have him in the American League anymore because that doesn't work. He's a number three pick. We've got to do something. So the thought process was, let's turn him into something. Unfortunately, when you see even today, when you need to move a player and everyone that's out there buying knows you need to move that player, the price goes down. So, you know, it it made this a difficult player to trade and it wasn't a blockbuster trade. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, do you see what the Coyotes got for their number three pick Kyle Touris? It was just a player that needed to go. And when you have that situation, the return is always going to be diminished. And Leah, what was the trade?
0: (laughs) um before i say that i just want to like give my two cents from the fan point of view i just remember at the time being so frustrated because like you said here's someone who's demanding all this all like this contract so, and his play did not reflect that and and just at least from what it seemed like on the outside and i don't know kyle Hurst personally i'm sure he's a great person to interact with whatever but like from the fan perspective i hated him like i despised him. like I could not wait for him to leave. I hated him the rest of his career. I was always super salty about Kyle Turris. So when he went, it was good riddance. And this was the trade on December 17th, 2011. The Coyotes traded Kyle Turris to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for David, is it Rund or Rund? Rund, Rundblad. David Rundblad and the 20 and a 2012 second round pick. Yeah. And, and up uh, at
2: that point,
1: you talk about December, Leah. <laughs> and des- by December, he had played in only six games and had zero points. So this this was clearly time to go. Like there was the ice time wasn't there. I, everyone was unhappy. Both sides were unhappy. I had to go. David Rundblad. Another first round pick. He was a first round pick, actually drafted by the St. Louis Blues, but he was in Ottawa at the time. Another guy who's a defenseman, a right handed defenseman that everybody covets, right handed defenseman, and you're you know a decent size, six foot two kid, supposed to be a really good puck mover, have some offensive upside, just needed a change. And the thought was there's a first-round pick needs to change in, in Phoenix. There's a first-round pick that needs to change coming out of Ottawa. Let's just swap these two guys out, and their careers will jettison and take off. Like
0: and Schmaltz and B. Strom. We, we talked exactly. about this on a different Trade Talk Tuesday.
1: So, it didn't
2: happen, though, did it?
1: It didn't happen. And I, I don't know, Craig, if you can say that it really happened to either. I mean, Kyle Torres's career path was much different than David Rumblads. Yeah, he David had three Rumblade's, good years. David Rumblads never took off.
2: No, no, David Brunblad never did anything. David Brunblad was not a good NHL player. Uh, Kyle Turris had three very good seasons with Ottawa. Um, 13-14, he had 58 points. The following season, a career-high 64 points, 24 goals, 40 assists. So it looked like, okay, this guy's taken off. He has an injury the next year, is limited, comes back with a 55-point season in 16-17. And then somehow his career just declines, just declines. Declines dramatically and he ends up in Nashville and then Edmonton and then retiring. So, again, there was like a three year period where you thought, "Okay, well, Kyle Turris has at least blossomed into what you could call a a productive second line center. But he never became that franchise top line center that anybody expected. And he, he had a very short run of sustained success in the NHL.
1: And I think we talk about Kyle Turris in his career, you're exactly right. He finally got some success in Ottawa because his role had changed and his expectations had changed. And now, you know what? I don't know if it was internal. I don't know if it was through his agent or with management that he finally said, gosh, maybe this is where I fit. It was a self-realization moment where maybe a number two center in the National Hockey League is okay. And then he seemed to flourish. He was playing in the right spot at the right team at the right time. And we've said on this show many, many, many times, if you're a 20-goal scorer in the National Hockey League, you are now a goal scorer. Kyle Turris did it three times. And I know with the number three pick overall in the draft, you expect a 30 goal score, if not more, um, from forward. So did he ever reach the heights of a number three? Probably not. Um, no. but again, we talk about his career as a whole. Over 770 games, over 150 goals. Like it's a solid NHL career. He he, he it wasn't a cup of coffee. The is an NHL hockey player, and he can retire and go, I played in this league, and I I, you know, I was I don't know if I was a force or I was an effective goal scorer, but I played in the National Hockey League.
2: Here's where he ranks when you look at the entire draft. In terms of points, He's right now he's 13th overall in points, 425 career points. Alex Kalorn may pass him, but that's probably the only guy that has legitimate shots. So he's going to end up 13th or 14th. So when you look at a redraft, was it a stretch to go after Kyle Turris? Yeah, it probably was. There are players in this draft who clearly produced better than he did.
0: I just got so much anxiety, and I know we talked about this when we were watching the draft lottery, but just how the third overall picks have panned out now that we've touched both of them on a Trade Talk Tuesday, Kyle Turris and Dylan Strom. I hope the buck stops with Logan Cooley. Please, 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 please. <laughs> we need a change of luck with that. Um, <laughs> before we get into the trade tree, which there's actually a few little interesting Some fun ones branches mm-hmm. yeah. on this one. I'm really excited to go into it, but before we do... When we started, I mentioned there's only six Tuesdays to the NHL season. But you know what you don't have to wait for anymore? College football, it's back. And you can bet on it starting this week um, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So if you haven't downloaded DraftKings already, now's a great time. We're right at the edge of NFL getting back. College football is back. Hockey, like I said, just a few weeks away. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Which branch of the trade tree shall we go down first?
1: There are so many that are interesting here. Like There's some pretty big name Coyote players and other franchise players throughout the street. So I would say, Craig, my vote would be to start with another team, meaning if we follow the the Kyle Turris branches of this tree, it helps another team that uh, people might have heard of the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. How does Kyle Tourist help the Avalanche? Well, when he gets traded from Ottawa, <sighs> He gets traded with a draft pick that becomes defenseman Bo Byram in the 20 in the 2019 draft 2019 draft pick becomes Bo Byram and they get traded um, to Colorado for Matt Duchesne. The Colorado could not get rid of fast enough, wanted to get rid of him for years. So Matt Duchesne along becomes Kyle Torres, Bo Byram and some other players too, but Bo Byram comes in there. So now we think we're done with Colorado, right? Colorado gets their benefit. No, so we're going to trade Kyle Turris out of Colorado and get another player, another defenseman, Sam Gerrard. So Kyle Turris <laughs> single-handedly helps create Bull Byram and Sam Gerrard for your Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. And that's just a sidebar to some of the branches of this tree.
0: Craig is talking muted his once a week muted talk.
2: It's not the only team that he helped either, right? I mean, you you love the guy that came this way, right? For Anthony well, Stolarz? No, not Anthony Stolarz. But I, I was looking more. Columbus acquired that, didn't they? Get that second round pick yep. in 2012? Go ahead, Leah.
0: Yeah. So the so the 2012 second round pick that the Coyotes acquired along with David Rundblad, eventually was traded to. Uh, whoa, I'm so confused. Okay, Columbus eventually required the pick, acquired the pick as a result of a trade that sent. Antoine Vermette to Phoenix in exchange for Curtis McElhinney, a conditional fourth round pick in 2013. And this pick, which we've already done the Antoine Vermette trade talk Tuesday. So you can refer back to that one to get more into there, but that pick played a hand in getting Antoine Vermette to Phoenix. Then the uh, conditional fourth round pick eventually turned into Justin Auger for LA. And then the pick to Philadelphia that Columbus then further traded away, that that pick just getting clipped, became Anthony Stolar's for Philadelphia. I just
2: think about Antoine Vermette clearly had an impact on this team. They got to the the conference final. Yeah, so the draft
1: pick that they got from Ottawa gets traded, and that draft pick that they got from Ottawa for Kyle Turris goes to Columbus and part of the Antoine Vermette trade. So would you take Kyle Turris and Antoine (laughs) Vermette head head straight up one for one? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for what for what Antoine Vermette provided for this team at the right time yep, and, and he, he came here at the exact right time for that 2012 run I mean he was a key and integral part to making that run so just one-on-one you would take that and I know it was, a, it was a draft pick and part of the conditional draft picks through this that made uh, part turned into Antoine Vermette but on that branch alone uh, this trade became worth it but there's still more
2: I think there was one post game, by the way, where I just a- asked Antoine Burmette to just speak into the camera because I knew that he had a lot of fans of both his voice and his face. So, just, like, Antoine, every time we got to talk just, about that. Antoine, just talk.
1: <laughs> uh, every time we got to talk about Antoine Vermette.
2: Well,
1: right. can we talk about what David Rumbled turned yes, into? Yes,
0: I uh, will. Can I? Can I you surely may. So he becomes plan? a
1: coyote for how long? A cup of coffee? He played 26 18 games. Eight. 26? Oh. oh, yeah. 18 plus 12. 26. Yeah. How many goals? Uh, zero.
0: zero. Yeah. How many points?
1: Five. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. Whoops. On March 4th, 2014, Rundblad, uh was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a second round pick in 2014. That second round pick in 2014 became Christian Dvorak.
1: <laughs> so here we go. Now we've got Antoine Vermette and Christian Dvorak have become part of the Kyle Turris tree.
0: And... Christian Dvorak was traded this past or last summer for a 2022 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. That 2022 first-round pick was used in a trade with San Jose that allowed the Coyotes to move up and select Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky is part of the Kyle Turris Turris
1: trade (laughs) tree. That is unbelievable. so we go, we go from Vermette to Dvorak to Geeky, all part of the Kyle Turris. So the Kyle Turris trade tree still goes on because isn't there a twenty twenty four pick in yep. there too? So twenty twenty four, second round pick. To.
2: We really should have a graphic at some point that is a tree, like for oh. one of the more more far reaching ones. This would be a good one to have an actual tree to look yeah. at. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's some interesting players out here, like in yeah. beyond the Coyotes. You talked about Bo Byram and and Sergey Bobrovsky becomes part of this trade tree. Ultimately, um, yeah, this is a. So you go to the Coyotes and say two key integral players over the last decade have been Antoine Vermette and Christian Dvorak, um, that all became. Centermen that played more ice time got more points and became both in their own rights a, a very important centerman position that they always thought Kyle Turris was going to be.
0: So, who won the trade then? I'm leaning I Coyotes.
2: I th- say Ottawa in the short term, but in the yeah. long run, the Coyotes won the trade, and and so did the Colorado Avalanche, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, <laughs>
1: yeah, because even when you look at the trade tree for Ottawa and you bring in Duchesne, that that wasn't a, a home run for for Ottawa either. We same problems, you know. Duchene's career year now has been in in Nashville. It just didn't come to fruition for him in Ottawa. So Ottawa, what does Ottawa gain out of it? I I, I don't think they saw the long term benefits that the Coyotes had. So for me, my vote after getting Dvorak, Vermette, and Geeky plus another twenty twenty four pick into the future. I'm going to give the nod to the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes.
0: Wow. It's it's rare that we get a Coyotes winning trade. Although, even though we can say they won the trade, I don't think they won that draft. <laughs> and we have to curse that to and, poor drafting over the years. But that's I'm okay. Say,
1: well, one thing, though, and, and I want to make this point because we, we've been a little hard on, on Kyle Taurus and you're right at the time. Was there some ego, maybe even the word spoiled and in, in the expectations and his attitude. Personally, me, I have had nothing but wonderful interactions with Kyle Taurus for years to come for years. And I mean, for the next decade, if I bumped into him in a hallway at an arena out front of a building somewhere around the NHL, Kyle Taurus was gracious. He was kind. He was always, how was your family? Um, so his Personally, he was very nice, uh, a very nice person. I think he grew up and he matured in his time in the National Hockey League the more it went on, and I think that his reputation from those one or two years when he was still trying to find his way as a player and as a person came to haunt him for years because, honestly, uh, he's a nice kid, and I just think that he was getting some advice from a lot of people and a lot of people in his ear telling him he was maybe something he wasn't.
2: Glad you brought it up because years later, I did a story on him for one of the dozen or so outlets that I've written for over the past decade. I think, oh, this was for something called Fan Rag Sports, which is just a god awful name for a, an outlet. I'm gonna go ahead and say it, and I know Jamie Heiser's listening. <laughs> but Fan Rag, really, rag? You want your people to think that your your outlet is an absolute rag? Anyway, I wrote a story on Kyle Turris, and he basically admitted all of what you said, PD. I was immature. I didn't handle things well, but that was a long time ago. I've grown up. I've, you know, I've matured. And I, I really think that's what you've seen over Kyle Turris. And then when you look at his involvement with this team now upon retirement, you just sort of see more and more examples of that. He was just a kid and he was, things probably weren't handled right uh, on a number of fronts. You mentioned the people whispering in his ear, but again, the development, the decision to put him in that situation very early and say, hey, you're special. You can do this. And then, oh, wait, we're going to pull back. And now you've got a different coach saying, Wait a minute! You can't do a lot of things. It, it messed with him. I'm sure it did. But like you said, eventually he grew out of it. And I've I've had great interactions with Kyle Turris really over the past several years as well.
0: I've had no interactions with Kyle Turris, so I still have a really bad taste in my mouth. And I and he to me is like in the and I this is this might be a hot take, but like. I, as a Coyotes fan, he's in the same boat as, like, Dustin Brown <laughs> to me. In wow.
2: Terms. That's so wow. aggressive. You know what does leave a bad taste in your mouth, Leah Merrill? Four Peaks beer, Craig,
0: that was beautiful.
1: (laughs) Wow, that was moderately impressive.
0: That was one of the the better tee-ups there. Um, We love Four Peaks beer after researching that. Wow, you just have that ready to go every time. No, I should have had a
1: better. That was poor. It's okay,
0: it's okay. Um, We love Four Peaks. I needed to drink one yesterday after mapping out this whole train tree. And we'll actually be at Four Peaks next wednesday august 31st um for four peaks wednesday so we hope you'll join us i actually won't be there i'm on one last vacation before hockey season begins Uh, but pd and craig will be there on the last wednesday at four peaks a street pub so come join us august 31st for good fun food and beer and speaking of last wednesday we'll be announcing our next Toast of the month winner. Then you can win a fifty dollars Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. All you have to do is go to gophnx.com or click on the link in the show notes. You must be twenty-one or older and enjoy responsibly. You don't have to be twenty-one to come to the Four Peaks Pub. You just can't drink if you're not twenty-one. So we hope to see you there. Then it's going to be a lot of fun, and this was going to be my. transition into Foco was Arizona Coyotes fans are probably not running to Foco to buy a Kyle Turris bobblehead, (laughs) but (laughs) there's plenty more for fans of the Coyotes and other Arizona sports teams on foco.com foco is the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles and they've got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise they've officially licensed gear for men women and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to crocs head on over to foco.com or click the link below in the description for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10%
2: the e- Cal bobblehead, the e- Calter's bobblehead says, I'm sorry when you press a button. It just keeps <laughs> going, I'm sorry, over and over again. Wow. By
0: the way, so speaking of bobbleheads, last week uh, at our new office, I've been going every day to help get things set up, and we lined up all the bobbleheads, um, Suns, Mercury, D-backs, Coyotes. There were there aren't any Card- Cardinals bobbleheads. There's just Funko Pops for the, the Cardinals, but lining up the Coyotes bobbleheads and Remember when you got the Jacob Chikrin Thor bobblehead and we opened yeah. it and realized how teeny tiny it was? Mm-hmm. Well, I lined them all up and they're, it's just like normal size bobbleheads. And then all of a sudden, teeny Jacob Chikrin in the lineup so if you're ever uh,
1: <laughs> looking at that, that marketing meeting where they came up then well, let's take the mighty thor and make it the smallest bobblehead the organization like, has ever it, had. should
0: it have been ant-man like i don't yeah, know
1: at least i could buy that one <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> anyway oh, my goodness i digress
0: yes but speaking of our new office um we got a furniture delivery last week you guys aren't gonna believe the freaking like movie theater setup we have now to watch games um we got eight reclining seats with little tables attached so you can put your laptop on it and do work this is where we can watch the coyotes lose 50 games
2: (laughs) (laughs) next year Wow! at
0: least we can have four peaks in the fridge and be comfortable and we're comfortable thanks to more furniture who delivered all of our new studio furniture, all of our new office furniture. Seriously, we can't thank them enough. It's amazing stuff. Um, All of our desk chairs, um, those recliners, like I said. So thank you to More Furniture. Excited for you all to check out our friends at More Furniture who hooked up our entire office. And if you're interested in checking out their Labor Day sale, visit morefurniture.com. Lots of great stuff there.
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen, I know not many people have, but on my Twitter, I actually took a picture of myself in those chairs, drinking my Four chair. Peaks in the That's middle of chair. it. It might have been your chair, but Craig, I'm telling you, like, well, you didn't care because you never watched the games from the studio. But when you do, oh, buddy, this well, he has,
0: will the first half of the season when the Coyotes are on the road. On the road. For no, like,
1: he's got a, he's going to travel too. But you should. I see know, these but things
0: it's not that, all. Maybe not all the road trips.
2: So, Petey, my only question yes. is for guys, guys our age. Like if you yes. bring a little blanket, is there is there any danger that we'll just fall asleep in the recline? There, like there little is
1: absolutely. I I will say this: we will not be the first people to sleep in those chairs if it hasn't <laughs> happened already. Espo was eyeing those up the second they got in, saying it's nap time. Like they they recline almost completely flat. They've got the little charging station for your phone in the chair, so you can put that and you get a cup holder for your four peaks. These are fully automated chairs. It's a, they're absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, and I feel like got, we need a quiet room.
1: Uh, I know, buddy. We need one of those masks. Maybe we can get a mask at FOCO with a, a sleep <laughs> mask. And then they've got three giant TVs so we can watch Suns, Coyotes, and I don't know, are there three at a time? ASU probably at the same time. So it's it's um, it's quite the setup. I If we ever get to go actually do a show from there, it'll be exciting.
0: <laughs> one day we're still waiting on we hope to. Wi-Fi in the office. <sighs> now push back once again. Um, anywho... Craig, got anything coming up on the website this week?
2: I do. In fact, uh, you'll see that I have a story up right now on uh, who's going to win the uh, Bedard sweepstakes. I actually sought uh, input from a number of beat writers from the teams that Vegas thinks are most likely to finish with the worst record in the NHL. And I asked them each to answer two simple questions. Why your team will finish with the worst record? Why it won't? So we'll have uh, input from a number of teams in that story. You can check that out. And then on Sunday, um, I've got a story that I've been working on for a little while. And this this one to me is, it's critical because it's a big piece of the Coyotes' future. We've talked so much about the scouting staff putting, in my opinion, the, the most complete scouting staff this organization has ever had in place. And they're, they're starting to see the, the fruits of their labor. This was obviously a, a, a big draft for the Coyotes, and they acquired a lot of picks. But we're going to see a lot more of these guys coming through in the next couple seasons. What's the next step? It's development. We've been talking about development a lot, so I'm going to have a big piece on the development staff and really the Coyotes' goals, their philosophy for development coming on Sunday.
0: All right. Well, if you want to read any of those stories, you can do so at gophnx.com, but you must become a member to have access to them. But becoming a member gets you lots of perks, not just access to all the stories, but you can get a free shirt from the PHNX locker when you sign up for an annual membership. Or if you want to try out your first month for just 50 cents, you can do the month to month option as well. And becoming a member either way gets you access to the members only Discord where we chat hockey every single day. So if you're already a member listening and you're not in the Discord, Join it. Go to gophnx.com. Hit the lounge tab to join our Discord. It's a blast. Any uh, final notes before we head out? No, I, just silence. No, just silence. silence. Great yeah. for audio. Great yeah, for you're audio. Great audio <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back live at 11 a.m. tomorrow on the Phnx Sports YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe there and follow phnx sports across all social platforms we're on tiktok instagram facebook twitter all of it and follow us on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes and also wherever you get your podcast please like and subscribe and leave us a five-star review there as well it is extremely helpful to us everybody enjoy the rest of your tuesday and we'll see you tomorrow